Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross, that's me, and Tamara Thorne, who's here with me also. Thank you for joining us. Uh, speaking of Tamara, before we get down to business, um, she's going to tell you a little bit about our latest novel, Exorcism, which is book three in the Ravencrest saga, available now in paperback and ebook. Midnight, the witching hour. Watery echoes in an empty building. The grand Greek pool at Ravencrest Manor babbles and gurgles as chlorine-scented water pumps, flowing like cool blood in veins and arteries. The moon, full and high above the arched glass ceiling, shines its light into the cobalt pool, casting splintered rays across the water, picking up golden highlights as it reflects the constellations, the planets, the moon, set into the bottom of the pool. A spring and a thunk from a tall diving board, then a splash as someone dives in, and somehow water explodes into the air. The sound ebbs and flows with movement. But if no human ear is present to hear it, no eye to see it, can these things be real? Or are they merely tricks of light and shadow? Ooh, I can't talk anymore. I was doing so well. Tricks of light and sound. <laughs> hey, when you mess up, you mess up. Light and sound, magic, courtesy of Ma Nature or Ma Bell, depending. Soft golden lamps. (laughs) Remember that poem about golden showers when I said that? Soft golden lamps, flicker to life. And then music, fate but unmistakable, rises and echoes. Eddie Cantor, if you knew Susie like I know Susie. Oh, oh, what a girl. Laughter, the sounds of a party, voices of glasses clinking. Something white and serpentine slithers and stirs beneath the water like glistening cold silk there and gone again in an instant. All right. And if you need to brush up on your uh, ghostly goings-on at Ravencrest Manor, you can uh, get <laughs> Ravencrest Exorcism. Um, at uh, Actually, what my notes say is you can get Ravencrest <laughs> Exorcism, yada, yada, yada. This is <laughs> Sorry, Ross. We are. our careers over here. <laughs> we are. It, and, and you know what's really cool, Alistair? Our guest tonight yeah. is, is very Lovecraftian in nature, so our, our silky smooth monster in the pool might appeal to her. Nice. He's a nice. little Lovecraftian yes. himself. <laughs> yes. But that's all. Now, all right. now we're having so, fun. So, Go ahead. So very, very briefly, just let me, let me get mm-hmm. through this. So, so we're going to, um, so you can get, you can get book one, the ghost of Ravencrest mm-hmm. and book two, the witches of Ravencrest. Uh, those are the books before the Ravencrest saga exorcism and you can get those at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, very briefly, uh, you are listening to Thorn and Cross, Hunter Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamathorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamathorn. Uh, be sure to visit our Hunter Nights Live page on Facebook, and you can find us on Instagram at, at thornandcross or at official underscore alistaircross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right. 
speaking of tonight's guest, we're very excited mm-hmm. to introduce Mary San Giovanni. Uh, Mary is the Bram Stoker-nominated author of the Kathy Ryan novels, Savage Woods, Chills, and numerous other novels, novellas, and short stories. She also contributed to DC Comics' House of Horror Anthology alongside comic book legends Howard Chicken and Keith Giffen. She has been writing fiction for over a decade, has a master's in writing popular fiction from Seton Hill University, and is a member of the Authors Guild, Pen Writers, and International Thriller Writers. Her new book is Beyond the Gate. Uh, Welcome to the show, Mary. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty good. I'm Sheltered in place in New Jersey. <laughs> so, All right. That was prepared, so that's about as good as that gets. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you. You are welcome. We are glad yeah. to have you. It's a, it's, a, it's great to meet you. Now, um, I, I guess, you know, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about what, uh, before we talk about the, the new book, Let's let's talk about how you... I guess your road to publication, I'm curious, I'm always curious when we have writers on like what led them to this because it's, it's such a, and we speak from experience, I speak from experience, it's such a hard and in some ways unrewarding vocation. Uh, So I'm always curious what brought other writers to, to this place. And so uh, how did you decide to, to, to do this? (laughs) (laughs) I was turned on by the glamour and the wealth Right? <laughs> I know, right? I live for it. <laughs> I, um, you know, it's it's funny. Like when I was a little kid, my the first thing I can remember ever saying I want to be when I grow up was one of those girls in a rock star video. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to which yeah. I like, oh, maybe we should look at other jobs that you could be when you grow up. Do you do you mean? Do you mean like you know, the like, do you mean like the girls stretched out on the like the girls stretched out on the uh, like on the cars like and the, the cars and stuff, stuff. Is that yeah. what you mean? Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Mother was right. You know, the, the the pretty dresses and the and the makeup mm-hmm. and and I thought oh that right. looks like fun. That looks like a very girly girly job. I could do that one. <laughs> <laughs> library let's go read some books okay so my mom was a big big supporter of having me do anything but you know be like the car sprawl Uh girl in in Uh a rock video so um that's so funny And we used to go to the library every weekend, and she'd get me. It was literally down the street from the house, and Mm -hmm. uh, she would get me these stacks of books, like you know, bigger than I could carry. Like I couldn't even see around the stacks of books, and I liked. I gravitated right away to science fiction and fantasy because at that age, at that time, I guess I didn't know that there was even little kid horror. I think it was not to date myself or anything, but it was kind of before goosebumps and all that so oh yeah um yeah I didn't I didn't really realize that there was horror until I was older and uh my father and I my father and I are into a lot of the same things and he would tell me you know these stories behind like Isaac Asimov's robots and and Mm -hmm. you know Lord of the Rings and, and things like that and I always felt like that's really cool but it never occurred to me until I was in high school and I had my first job at a bookstore that uh-huh. there were actually people behind 
those works that, that I had enjoyed so much as a child, that, that that was someone's job was to write those. And I can remember right. reading, uh, I, I think it was maybe like an afterword or like a foreword that Stephen, Stephen King had done for one of his books where he talked about like sitting on his back porch with his agent and they're like having lemonade and they're, you know, talking shop. And I thought like, Mm-hmm. Wow, I, I, there's the, the glamour and the wealth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I want to do that. Stephen King, I stories. Wow, how cool. Yeah. I wonder if you glamour. I'm in need with me. <laughs> um, well, you know, you know, it's it's interesting because there is, you know, maybe gl- glamour maybe isn't the right word, although there's a little bit of that, I guess, but there's there a is moment to a romance it. to it. There's a romance to it, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's still there if you look for it, you know, even, you know, it's 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 great. I, I do love it. Do you love it? Are you still I, in love with what you do? I, I, someone had once said that every book, if you go into a bookstore, every book is an entire lifetime that you can live uh, a, a different place, as a different in a different place, as a different person, in a different time. Mm-hmm. Like books are basically little packages of countless lifetimes and adventures, and I think that stuck with me too. And I thought I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of creating lifetimes for people to live. You know, uh, nice. these sort right. of immortal adventures, these little packages of adventures that people can have. Now, at some point my writing took a dark turn, so I'm not so sure people want to live the lifetime of <laughs> my books, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but see, that's why we love you. We, we, that's, that's why we love you. It's all, that's what it's all about. It's, you yeah. know, we did this, you know, we're, we're dark too, and, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I know for me, and I think I can speak for you too, Tamara, I don't think I can write something light and fluffy if I wanted to. It just, that's just not what comes out. Oh. No, I'd start yeah. throwing up. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't. I've tried. I've tried to write even like children's horror, and I just, I think, I think, like you said, like I think that we're just wired a certain way to yeah. see the world. Um, you know that we have a certain perspective on the world and a certain method of delivering that perspective. That is just it is the way right. it is. But there's a beauty in horror. There's a there's a, there a hope in horror. I think there's almost a heroism in R that we, we can rise to something better than ourselves. It's you know, very moralistic. And, and, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sort of reframe the meaning, especially in cosmic horror, which which is what I write primarily, where the whole point is that, you know, it, it's very realistic, like everything is dark and dreary and, and humanity means nothing. Uh but a lot of modern cosmic horror and I think the cosmic horror that I write is it's there's a sense where like it may not mean anything in the grand scheme of the universe to beings, you know, trillions of miles away, but it means something to us. Every relationship yeah. we have, you know, every interaction we have, every individual life, which is maybe minuscule in the scale of the universe, um, mm-hmm. every life knows that there is something worth sacrificing itself for, you know, like your children or the love Mm -hmm. of your life or, you know, liberty and freedom or something like we reframe significance. And I think horror does that. I think it can be very uh, cathartic maybe and therapeutic for people to read it. It's not all just doom and gloom. Definitely. I mean, it is, but it's it's manageable. It is. It is. It, it, yeah. it. You know, this. This is the one. This is the one um, misconception that I think every horror writer 
uh, has to deal with. It's like, okay, you know, there is a difference between slasher and horror mm-hmm. and torture porn. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is the thing that, that, that draws me to horror is the, the, the way that it, it cuts to the, 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 you know, the, the human experience. How do you, it, this is just me asking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying for me, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know how I would address the, the deep, the deep, you know, the meaning of life, uh, or, or, you know, good, good and evil. I, I don't know how I would address these things and say a Western or a romance to me, horror is the most, uh, immediate route to get to that. And, you know, looking at your stuff, you, you really kind of get into that. And you, you mentioned cosmic horror and I, I yeah. this is a new term to me, actually. I, yeah. how could you define cosmic horror yes, for us? Please. Sure. Um, cosmic horror, uh, in, in having done, you know, some research into this, because people used to ask me what I wrote, and I always said that I wrote monster fiction. Because to me, that's what it was. Like, it was, mm-hmm. you know, there, yeah. was, there was horror that had real-life people, like serial killers, slashers, things like that. And then there was horror that was supernatural. And I always wrote mm-hmm. supernatural monster fiction. And then as I, you know, I guess read more, I, I came across H.P. Uh, Lovecraft who is sort of the definitive, you know, grandfather of cosmic horror. And I found that it's basically an offshoot of weird fiction, which uh-huh. when I was trying to explain to somebody the other day what weird fiction was, it was basically anything they didn't know how to categorize. <laughs> you know, anything that was like remotely supernatural but not a ghost story was weird mm-hmm. fiction. Right. And basically the, the, the tenets, I guess, of cosmic horror was that – there's uh, usually a force either of nature or of supernature, if we could make up words because we're writers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That yep. is, we, can. <laughs> we could do that, right? Yes. <laughs> That's bigger <laughs> and uh, broader than our scope, almost than we can even imagine. Like the scope of it is mm-hmm. uh, universe-wide, cosmos-wide. You know, so there's that cosmic element. Um, but there's I also, see. I think. Uh, a strong idea that because this thing is whatever this threat is, is so large and so indifferent that it dwarfs humanity and humanity's significance. And I realized that despite being what I, I think is a fairly optimistic person, those elements were often in what I was writing. There was often a, uh, a sense of another dimension. Like that's kind of how I explained where these things were coming from, that there were uh, other dimensions that exist around ours and that these entities invaded essentially from these other places, whether on purpose or by accident, they found their way here. And the implication was that, Oh my God, we're not, not only are we alone in the universe, but that's a bad thing, <laughs> you know, and, and we <laughs> right. may not have a God strong <laughs> enough to fight these things off. Uh, Right. And I like that idea. I like the idea of there being something more out there, something bigger out there, even bigger than us, even if it was scary. That Because I I also tend to believe, and this does seem to contradict cosmic horror, but uh, I also believe that in, in keeping the balance of the universe, if there are forces out there that are these, you know, universe scope, evils that there's also got to be like universe scope goods to keep it in check to keep things balanced right. or right. Um, 
you know, that for indifference, there is some kind of caring, you know, uh, or an indifference that's just as strong in the opposite direction or something, you know, that there is a balance there, a, a cosmic balance. And I think a lot of modern cosmic horror goes past the point because Lovecraft would basically write up to the reveal, like, oh, look, this mm-hmm. is in our universe and look how scary this is. And then kind of drop the mic and walk away. But a lot of cosmic, <laughs> right. Right. a lot of cosmic horror, like the shock isn't enough. It's the real horror or the real uh, payoff. Either way, is that we see how people react to that revelation and what they do to basically rebalance the universe. Because in a cosmic horror novel, you're never really going to destroy the evil because it's too big. You know, that's already been established right, by the fact that exactly. it's a cosmic evil. Um, but mm-hmm. you can rebalance things. You know, and in Lovecraft, uh, he would, if the stars needed to be right to make this thing appear, then the people would mess up the stars. <laughs> you know, they, they'd wait it out, you know, or there was a spell right. or something that would, you know, ruin the delicate balance that allowed these things to be and force them to go away again. And I kind of like that too, you know, because it, it, I like anything that implies that there is really still magic in the world. You know, I, I like that. Yeah. This, what, what you're, what you're saying, what you're describing reminds me um, a lot of Stephen King's uh, novel revival. Um, have you yeah. read that? And if so, is, is that what you'd call like cosmic horror? Yes. Revival would be uh, for okay. Buick 8 would be cosmic horror. Okay. Um, I okay. love that one. Yeah. The the one he wrote, the Crow Chen one, Crow Chen short story, which I love. Uh, that's cosmic horror. It's that it, that's right. actually a not Lovecraft nice. directly. Crow Chen. Right. Cool. Um, but yeah, those are definitely. All right. Well, things, you know, that definitely. That's that, see, I didn't know that. That's interesting. But yeah, no, great. That's great. I like that stuff. Okay, I'm I'm a fan. And you know, before <laughs> we spend too much time talking about other people's books, let's talk about Beyond the Gate. This is your latest. What can you tell us about Beyond the Gate? Yeah. Beyond the Gate is, it's the most recent Kathy Ryan novel, and for the time being, um, the last one. It's not the last one that I have. I have three other ones planned, but I'm switching gears for the next book I'm working on to something else. Uh, But basically, Behind the Gate is uh, the, I believe it's the fourth book in the series, because it started with Chills, and then there was behind the door and then there is inside the asylum and then beyond the gate and I had not originally intended uh, to write a series but uh, I think when I pitched chills I said that you know this character this Kathy Ryan who is in this book is a fairly versatile character if they were interested in me writing it this was for Kensington if they were interested in me writing a a series I could do that and it was right around the time however brief it was that uh, horror was seeing a a resurgence of, of series horror. You know, I think it was, it was, they, they saw that the walking dead was doing well on television and that the haunting of Hill house is doing, you know, and all these, all Mm -hmm. these, horror series things which which is i mean you guys you guys know because you write horror horror is difficult to maintain um even across the trilogy you know because you right. there have to be elements that are the same but you also have to have enough different things going on that you're not like readers don't feel like they're reading the same book over and over and over again and right one of the cool things about cosmic horror and about uh 
Beyond the Gate in particular, is that the new thing that I got to do all along in not just the Kathy Ryan books, but in the sort of shared world that all my books sort of take place in, I've been dropping hints about um, other dimensions and other gods that live in those dimensions, another language that they all kind of commonly speak, and what Kathy Ryan theorizes as the reason that these supernatural horrors take place in this world. Uh And I finally got to go to the place (laughs) where all of that originated and where all that started. Um, They, they find, because you know, again, like you're always looking for something different to do. Well, this one, instead of having the horrors come to Kathy Ryan, I have Kathy Ryan go to the horrors and I get to, uh, you know, explore that part of me that still loves fantasy, you know, that, that still enjoys Uh the fantasy aspect of it. And sure. create a whole other world, but instead of it being, you know, elves and dwarves and and you know fairies and whatnot, it's a it's a world of monsters and creatures and you know sentient virusy type beings that uh, would be just as happy to come here if they could figure a way out to do it. But um, mm-hmm. they, Kathy and this other team go there to find out what happens to this missing group of. Well, there's actually two groups that go missing, a group of scientists and then a group of military people who had gone to look for them. And I had a lot of fun. I got to explore an entire alien city and what right. lives there. Uh-huh. Yeah, this would be – this is this sounds like – like this must be – this sounds like the kind of writing that you must be up all night, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's very it's involved. Like some kinds of horror, I think, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's like the type of horror that's meant to shock, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot right. of extreme horror is like that. You know, and then yeah. there's the type of horror that's meant to unease you, you know, and that's like, you know, ghost story horror. But I really, I like the idea of writing something that actually scares people, you know, that could give yeah. them nightmares. I don't, maybe that's a sadistic streak in my personality. Right. I'm not sure, but I like that idea. <laughs> I like the idea of writing something that genuinely creeps people out. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, also, uh, one thing that I definitely wanted to talk about before we let you go is um, Cosmic Shenanigans. This is a podcast that you have been doing for about a year and a half now. Um, What is Cosmic Shenanigans? Cosmic Shenanigans, I I started off, um, and I still am, a co-host of The Horror Show with Brian Keene. And we were interviewing uh, guests, Christopher Golden, Tim Levin, and Rio Viewers one time. And they had suggested, well, you know, why don't you do a podcast? Well, what am I going to talk about? Like, you could just talk yeah. about shenanigans, you know, just the kind of shenanigans you get up to. And I, so then I thought, well, <laughs> I, I can talk about shenanigans. <laughs> uh, I like that. So uh, we had developed this I- idea, like, I'll talk about cosmic horror because I the – other, the other thing I think that, that fed into this was that we did a book club on the horror show. Uh, where we would talk about a novel that was a seminal work in the horror genre, and what we and it was a wide range of things. I mean, some stuff that I normally wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with or would have picked up otherwise. But I'm glad that I read because I feel that it's um, you know anything you read in your genre, I think is is a good contribution to your 
your writing and your ability. But they started calling me the professor because I did what any good, <laughs> faithful, <laughs> you know, English lit major would do. And, and I analyzed it <laughs> to find out why it was an important work in our genre. And so <laughs> I think I took that approach to cause. So I, it's, it's, it's not super formal and super stuffy academic, but it is a, I think, a sort of academic approach to different works in short fiction, long fiction, um, art. We've even covered like paintings, um, movies, video games, pretty much anything that I can justify as being cosmic horror and having cosmic horror elements that contribute to this sort of popular culture interest in cosmic horror, which, you know, I think several people are not even aware has a name, you know, that there is a name for that kind of thing. Um, we do that. And I try to go outside of Lovecraft. I try to do stuff that maybe predates Lovecraft, but is in the vein of cosmic horror or fed into how Lovecraft developed cosmic horror. And then I try Mm -hmm. to do some modern stuff, you know, stuff that is post Lovecraft, um, and how, the problematic elements of Lovecraft have been modified or how the maybe outdated elements of Lovecraft uh-huh. uh, have been modified right, in modern, right. modern cosmic horror. That's fascinating. And, you know, yeah, I love it. I love it. This is great. Um, I, before you we're, we're out of time, but before we let you go, could you, could you tell us where people can find uh, cosmic shenanigans to listen to it and also where they can find uh, your books? Sure. Um, basically, any place that you can get a podcast, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, any of that, Cosmic Shenanigans is available there. There's also, if you go to Brian Keene's YouTube channel, which I think is just Brian Keene, uh, he actually posts the episodes on YouTube along with uh, other things on the, the new network that we're on, Brian Keene Network. Uh, he, he'll post episodes of Cosmic Shenanigans. Uh, or if you look up Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and Cosmic Shenanigans, the full list will come up uh, of, of, the, of right. the, the, the ones that have currently uh-huh. been. Um, but I have a feeling that that may switch over once we start doing stuff on, on the Brian Keene Network. But basically, if you get your podcast through iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, any of those, you can find Cosmic Shenanigans there. Okay. And then as far as the right. go, I mean, uh, they're all on Amazon, so... Uh, if you just you know plug my name in, I know it's a big long Italian name, but uh, if you if you <laughs> you know look me up or, or on, I'm on Twitter at Mary San Giovanni. There you go, MarySanGiovanni.com. There's links to all the books and everything there too. Great, right. terrific. Um, it has been it's been a pleasure meeting you, and it's been great having you. Mm-hmm. And um, I was we uh, I started talking too much before the show, and I we meant to tell you that uh, tomorrow we will send you a link for the uh, SoundCloud, and uh, yeah. that that is where we get the listens. And it's, I hope you'll come back. It's been it's 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 this has actually been a very interesting uh, show. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank absolutely. you. Thank you I have a wonderful time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, you're very you're welcome. Anytime. Uh, Keep in touch, and if you have news to share, let us know, and we'll gladly have you back. Absolutely. All thanks right. a lot. I appreciate uh, that. Thank, it was great yeah, to meet you guys. And, uh, and thanks, you too. And so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening.
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. <laughs> 